Aloha and welcome everyone to another episode of Decked Up, a Steam Deck and Gaming Tag Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova, coming at you with another podcast episode. And I know this is pretty much uh, an abrupt episode. This is a midweek episode, and I did say before that I was going to do, you know, one at the beginning of the week and one at the end of the week, being Friday or Saturday. But uh, this is a, a topic that has popped in my head, and I decided that I wanted to you know, talk about this a little bit more and, you know, just go ahead and do a full in-depth episode. And, and maybe there are going to be things in this you're going to agree with me on, things you're probably not going to agree with me on. It is neither here nor there. It just is what it is. Um, I also want to bring up, if you guys hear like a kids TV show, or you hear my daughter or you see her, if you're watching YouTube version of it or in around, Hey, I'm a stay-at-home full-time dad on top of being a stay-at-home full-time content creator. So it is what it is. Now, I don't have one of these fancy studios to do all this content in. I'm just your everyday guy just trying to make, you know, do with what I have. So it is what it is. But one of the things I wanted to talk about when it, you know, there, there are a couple topics just to give you guys a bit of an agenda of what I wanted to talk about in this episode of the podcast is I want to talk about uh, off the top, I want to talk about PC ports and, uh, this is going to be incorporating a lot of, um, you know, the last of us part one, that PC port and how abysmal that has been. I also want to talk about returnal and how bad that was initially, uh, specifically on deck, but also, you know, some PC port issues as well. And I also want to talk about, you know, you know, that, that's the first topic, just the general lack of optimization of PC ports. And second topic I want to talk about is this, um, the Steam Deck verification system and how these games that are verified on deck and how poorly optimized and how poorly they run on deck. And how the system is ultimately, in my opinion, I think it's a, it's a complete joke. And then lastly, I want to talk about the kind of the feedback, the negative backlash and, and some of the racism that I've gotten um, towards talking about the upcoming Asus ROG Ally and how just the negativity towards that specifically that I got personally that I thought is absolutely ridiculous and why... The Steam Deck is starting to, or if it, it I, I kind of want to say that it already has, it's fallen into the category of where the uh, Switch, and it's on Switch currently, has been for the last six years. And it's this cult of personality where people think, oh, this is the best thing ever. And if you don't agree, or if you look at alternatives, you know, it becomes a problem. And, and this is something it's fanboyism. And I, I want to talk about and address it because it doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help the companies. Also the companies don't give a damn about fanboyism. They just want money and it doesn't help the conversation between tech enthusiasts and gamers, um, both individually and collectively it's a bit of a problem so those are the topics i want to talk about and uh we're gonna go ahead and just dive into the uh <clears throat> issues with the pc ports that have been coming out uh for the last 
let's say we can even go so far as to say the last decade to 15 years. But uh, more importantly, I want to kick it off with The Last of Us, the PC port, uh, Last of Us Part 1. Now, that game, for me, now when I played it, I played on my desktop. I played on my gaming laptop and I had absolutely no issues writing. And, you know, my gaming laptop has a RTX 3060. You know, this is the Asus ROG, the M16 model from 2021, I believe. This is the 2021 version. You know, of course, they've made better iterations since then, but that's the one I have. My desktop has an RTX 3070 Ti and, you know, I've had that desktop for roughly about two years now and, you know, runs perfectly fine. I've had absolutely no issues. I'm one of the few that haven't run into issues of The Last of Us Part 1 running on PC. The Steam Deck, now I said this previously in one of my other videos and I got a little bit of a backlash for it because I personally didn't run into issues of the game running at 30 and slightly dipping down on deck below like 30 like going to like 27 25 occasionally that was my experience with the game now i know because like other people have had many issues and i can't you know when i do my reviews or i do my impressions or i talk about my experiences with games, I'm speaking purely from my experience. I'm not someone who's going to sit here and, you know, before I put out a review, I need to go see what everyone else's experience with this device or product as, you know, our game has been. So I say all that just so you guys have an understanding. You know, I purely talk about my experience. So when I tried this on my wife's Steam Deck, it ran like hot ass. <laughs> you know, it was... It was dropping below 25 to like, you know, 21 and the teens. And I was like, what is going on? And even got so bad on her Steam Deck, which is, a you know, the newer iteration. Like, I've got the one that had the Delft fan. She's got the one that has the Wayne fan. And so, you know, like, it even would freeze up and lock her Steam Deck multiple times. And it was just really really bad and I've, I've read you know other people talking about their bad experience you know fellow content creators and journalists that i know and it just really made me stop and think i'm like so you know because you guys are probably wondering like how come i haven't put out the review i've had access to this game before the public has and it it really was a situation where i was like i want to wait for more updates from sony to come to fix this or, or iron galaxy studios who help with the port. And I just, you know, even though it would get better slightly, it still was, I mean, we've all seen the memes. And so that was one I was like, man, I don't know if I can review this until it gets better. I can do, you know, tweets and articles about it. I can, I don't want to review it in a broken state. <clears throat> Of course, other people would definitely do that. You know, negativity sells and, and you know, people people like going to their favorite creators, especially when it's something negative. Be like, yeah, yeah, I knew this was trash because my favorite creator said so. And I'm just someone who I want to wait, you know, 
Maybe that's a negative thing, but I want to wait to see if it gets better because I know they can optimize this to run a lot better. I'm just wondering why Sony would push this out knowing how bad it is. I don't know. I don't understand why Sony did that. That's something that just really, it it blows my mind. I don't know why Sony... You know, and this is a second time. I mean, we had that with Returnal. I played Returnal on deck almost exclusively, and I didn't really run into a lot of issues with that game. Although, you know, I had to run everything at the lowest settings, and I was able to get primarily a 30 frames per second, not locked, but, you know, for the most part, it's 30 frames per second. And then when it go to like the menus or the save room, that's when it would go to like shoot up to like 50, 60 frames per second. So, you know, it was another instance of a game that needed better optimization. Cause even some people reported like running on PC, they had a lot of issues with running on PC. And I'm again wondering, okay, Sony, you know, this has issues. Why are you not doing better with it? Because the most dedicated gamers out there, people can say it's going to be console gamers. It's PC gamers. They're the ones who stick with games far longer than console players. And I don't understand why Sony is, you know, poorly optimizing or or whatever studios that they're working with to put, make these PC ports, why are they so poorly optimized? And it, it just, it blows my mind. It's something that I think needs to be, you know, they need to, they need to address it. And I don't know why they're not making the effort to improve these ports or, or delay them. Like at least have it running at a stable 30 frames per second, iron out the kinks when you're going to port it from a PlayStation platform to PC. and I don't know. Like I, I don't understand what they're doing. But it's not just it's not just Sony. You know, this is other main, you know other uh, publishers and and developers. Like when they're bringing out these PC ports, they just run like utter trash. You know, and it they it's almost like they push it out and they expect the fans, the gamers, the PC gamers to fix through modding and, you know, looking at the source code and fixing the source code to improve it for them, to do their job for them. And that's been one of the things that I've never liked with these companies is that they effectively make the PC gamers the guinea pigs, the test subjects. You know, we just get the broken shit and we have to fix it and do their job for them. You know, like that to me has always been something that I found to be weird. Why? <laughs> well, I don't know. And, and, you know, I know people will say that the, the best comparison is that, you know, when they're making these games, uh, they make them for console first. And then they try to back, you know, code it to work on PC. I've heard that. I've also heard 
<clears throat> that they make it for PC and then they try to make it for, you know, port it over to, to, to platforms, uh, you know, consoles. I don't know which it is. You know, I've never got a clear answer from my friends that are developers in the industry, uh, fans who speculate. It is just something that it annoys me. And I, I just don't know what the solution is other than not releasing these games in the broken states that they're in. Just stop doing that. You know, <laughs> delay the motherfucker if you're going to put it out like that. I don't I don't get it. I don't understand why these companies can't just delay these games and, you know, put some additional work into it. Don't release a broken product. And that's something like I think about it as an older gamer. It's kind of crazy. I'm saying I'm 34, but in the in the scope of things. I am considered an older, you know, a, a damn near fossil in the gaming sphere but you know you look at the you know the era of the 16-bit up to like the 360 uh, not 360 the ps2 xbox and gamecube era yeah you had a lot of games that were broken but for the most part these games came out in a better polished state and you know the bugs and stuff weren't so to the point where they were completely game breaking now that's not for every game but when you got a major game from a major publisher it ran for the most part great with occasional hiccups that they you know because they they were extensive and you know you could say maybe crunch which you know that's a taboo thing right now in the gaming industry you could say that crunch played into why they you know, had better games coming out, like in the sense of better performance and everything like that back then, as opposed to now, as opposed to the 360 and PS3 era up to now, where we're just getting basically broken games that they will push out and then they fix it over the course of time. And it's the fact that they wait so long to fix these games. People don't go back to it. I was talking to my, um, my friend Fid McAwesome and you know, he's been a big proponent of the follow-up review, you know, reviewing the game three months later, six months later, you know, the, after the hype and it, it's brilliant. It's something that I'm going to start incorporating going back and re-reviewing games months later after they've released. But like the general public, it's interesting how they look at things when it comes out. If it's broken, if it's a broken mess, they're not going to go back. Even if the company does everything to like fix it and bring it out later on, these companies, like the, the general public is not going to come back to want to play it. Because it's already seated in their mind. This is broken. This is a mess. I'm not going to touch it again. That's just how it is. And it's unfortunate. Because there's a lot of games that, yeah, they were broken at launch and got fixed and run buttery now. Better than ever before, but people won't touch it. And it's just, it, it, it's unfortunate. It's, it's 
you literally it's it really shows that first impressions are everything. And if you don't get it right the first time, no one's going to care about how you do it later on. And that's unfortunate. That's really, really unfortunate. But yeah, you know, I just wonder why these companies don't take the time to. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. Or maybe they don't. They're so terrified of Jason Schreier or Kotaku or any of these outlets doing these articles or hit pieces on them about crunch that games are in the state that they're in. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I don't. I just know that these companies need to do better. And the way they're doing it now, it just simply is not working. And that leads into the next topic of the verification process for the uh, the Steam Deck and how much of a joke that is. Because the verification system, in my opinion, is a complete and utter joke on Steam. You have a lot of games that are quote-unquote verified on deck and they run like hot ass but it's verified and then you got games that don't have any type of verification and or they'll say that it's not playable on deck and they run absolutely fine on the steam deck and it's just it blows my mind i'm trying to pull up some games that i can use as an example okay so like what's the game like batman Arkham Asylum is one that's quote unquote not it has no verification. It actually has the it's not verified at all, not supported on deck. I play this game on the Steam Deck all the time. It runs absolutely fine. Now you do run into the issue of where you kind of need to use either the trackpad or you know get like a Bluetooth or a USB mouse to be able to uh fix you know the resolution aspect ratio and all that. But once you get that set up and done. It, it runs fine. You know, you just kind of a one-time set, forget it, and then you can get into playing the game. And it runs amazing on the Steam Deck. Uh, another game I can bring up that has that is, um, let's see, what, what else we got here? Um, trying to think. A game that is, quote-unquote, not verified for deck. Harvestella. It, it's... Not fully verified, so a lot of people assume that you can't play that amazing game, by the way, if you like Farm Simulator with Action RPG. That game runs perfectly fine on deck. I've run into no issues. I can run at 60 frames per second, have no issues at all. Another game that's not verified for deck, KOF 13. That game, not verified, runs fine on deck. Absolutely no issues. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can come up with a couple more examples before I close this out. All right. Legend of Heroes, Trails in the Sky. No issues whatsoever. Trails in the Sky, Trails in the Sky, uh, second chapter, Trails in the Sky, the third. All run perfectly fine on deck. Not verified. No issues whatsoever. Completely have button mapping everything. Para, uh, with a paranormal site, same thing. Not verified on deck. Runs fine. It, it it's one of those things where I just look at this and it's just I don't understand it. Even the Ease games, the original Ease, like Ease One and Two, as well as uh, Ease Origin, all run on deck. They're not verified. 
but you will have games that are verified that run like trash. <laughs> so I'm just curious as to what what is Valve's verification? And I know that when you play a game on deck, it asks you, you know, is it verified? Does it run? You know, would you say this runs on the Steam Deck? And I think maybe, maybe that is what they're using to be the catalyst or the litmus test for the games running, you know, being verified on deck. They're like, oh, X amount of users said this, but then also look at certain games come out and it's like, oh yeah, this is verified on deck. So maybe there's more to it. I don't know. But I just know that a lot of people, uh, it's another game. One of the games I love, Xandu Next, amazing game. That and Vigil are awesome games. Neither are verified on deck, run perfectly fine. So it's a situation where I think because people, like those who aren't in the know when it comes to PC gaming, you know, they will look at it, especially people casual to pick up the Steam Deck. They'll pick it up and they'll look at, oh, this game is verified on deck. I'll buy it. You know, oh, this isn't verified. I won't get it for PC because it's not going to run. And I've seen bigger, you know, there's a time before the Steam Deck blew up to what it is, right? Before it was the topic where a lot of people use it to platform their channels. You know, before the bigger creators hopped on and started covering it. Because if you really look at it, it was myself. There was Fan the Deck, uh, Steam Deck HQ, uh, Nerd Nest, uh, Games Revealed. You know, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of other folks. Uh, High Tech Low Life, Gardner Bryant. A lot of us, we were the ones who were covering this before the big influencers and tech folks hopped on it because we knew this was going to be a successful product. And we knew that people were going to gravitate towards it. The issue was that the bigger creators weren't talking about it because it didn't interest them. They thought it was going to flop. They really took a wait and see approach. I don't blame them. But once they started hopping on, because they don't really, you know, troubleshoot or really deal with or, or, or do much with the deck they go off of is this verified is it not if it's not verified like i've seen many of them do videos saying like problem with the steam deck is a lot of games i want to play are not verified they won't run on deck and it's not even an instance of them trying it's just they look at the verification system and if it says it's not verified or they won't touch it and then they'll make a video Oh, it's not verified. These games aren't verified. I want to play them, but they're not verified. So this is what it is. And then you look at the fact that, and this becomes where it's frustrating. You look at, they put out these videos. They have this massive audience and people will just take their word as gospel, run with it. And then they're going to be parroting and echoing these talking points that these big creators have. It's not verified. Or it is verified. And they won't. Well, now they will. A lot of people will listen to Cryobite, Fan the Dag, you know, Gardner Bryant, Steam Deck HQ. They'll listen to them because they, they have 
grown massively with the Steam Deck. You know, focusing primarily on it. I've told you before, I'm never going to be someone who's going to focus all of my content purely on the Steam Deck because ultimately you're boxing yourself in a corner like here. And I don't want to do that. There's too much that I cover. But I, I respect that they've been able to build their brands and, and businesses off of that. But, you know, they can put out something and people will listen to them. But then there's still an uphill battle where you put, say, one of them, they say something, and you look at Steam Deck HQ, which has, you know, the the best on deck series as well as settings for you to, you know, this is what you can use if you want a more optimized experience of playing these games. They can put out articles or videos about this. And then say someone like the completionist Gerard or uh, Wolfden or what's the other guy? Uh, uh, trying to think of his name. Um, the name escapes me, but he he's the the guy who does the podcast with Wolfden. So say that they put out something, which they don't do the research. Or they don't look into stuff that, like, you know, CryoByte with Cryo Utilities or Steam Deck HQ has done or Games Revealed or Fanadec. They don't look at that before making these videos or research because a lot of them they don't. They just, oh, this is we this is trending. We need to talk about it. Boom, boom. So they'll put out something and the masses will go to them before they'll go to them. And that's just something that has annoyed me greatly with content creating. But it is what it is. Like, what, what are you going to do about it, right? <clears throat> but that, that's just one of the examples I wanted to bring up. And, and that's the negative aspect of the influencer space, ultimately, with the, all of this. So, you know, it, it's just, yeah. Maybe I lost the point along the way, but, you know, I, hopefully some of y'all caught on to what I was trying to say. It It's very difficult to. To get people to really understand, hey, the Steam Deck, you can play a lot of these games, but you may have to tinker. You may have to use protons and. General public just wants, they want the Switch experience. That's the, why another reason why the Switch and Steam Deck are constantly compared because people want that. I just want to pop in the game and play it. And for the most part, most games have that optimization. A lot of games don't. But the verification system, a lot of people take it as a be all end all and it's not that whatsoever. And it's just, it, it needs to be revamped. So like, you know, if you guys want to know, where is the best, you know, place for like knowing if a game can run on the Steam Deck? Of course, I'll talk about it. Fandadec will talk about it. Steam Deck HQ will talk about it. High Tech Low Live Games Reveal, all of them. We all will talk about it. But it's an uphill battle for us versus these bigger influencers. And the poor, the poorness of the Steam Deck verification. It's just, it's not great. And it needs to be revamped. And hopefully Valve 
we'll do something about that. I don't know. All right, so we're 27 minutes into this podcast, and I want to start talking about uh, the last topic, which I might actually do a fourth topic as well, but I want to talk about the cult's personality with the Steam Deck and how that, you know, my talking about the Aces ROG ally, the negativity I got off of that, and the which led to a lot of racism too. Which is mind blowing, but uh, I, I want to talk about that. So here we go. So I did a video and a podcast about the Aces ROG Ally and how I'm excited about it. And what I think is great about it, what I think Aces should do, and what I think it lacks in comparison to the Steam Deck. And how it is and isn't competition, but it is truly the only true competitor to the Steam Deck. And I'll, I'll get it out of the way now, because apparently this, this point went over people's heads. The reason I say that this is the only true competitor to the Steam Deck in comparison to other products like the AOK Zoe, you know, the GPD Win, and many other devices that are out there, is it being available in a retail store, both in the United States being Best Buy and globally being in the major retail outlets that they have? If you think that that doesn't make that a competitor, I don't know what the hell to tell you. But that is, from a business and marketing standpoint, being able to walk into a store because, okay, perfect example, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X. For they've been out since 2020. So since then, and looking at the um if we look at how we've it's been three years to these almost four years that those consoles have been on the market, and how people have wanted to purchase them. But they don't want to go through an online store. They don't want to wait, you know, fighting bots on Amazon and GameStop and all these other outlets. They're not on Twitter following Wario64 and the people who make the tweets about the deals or, hey, this is available. Go purchase it now. A lot of people want to just go and purchase these things in store. And they're not going to be on social regardless of what people think not everyone's going to be on social media 24 7 and that seems to elude a lot of people they think oh no no just just go on twitter or or, or go on here and go on here. a lot of people are not doing that so a lot of people have been under this impression that you need to or, or rather, they're under this impression that these consoles have been unavailable for the better part of almost three years. That you can't walk in a store and easily buy them. They're just unavailable. And now, like I've gone into Best Buys, Targets, Walmarts, GameStops, and you can easily purchase a PlayStation 5 physical, like the, the one with this, not the, the digital one. That one seems to be incredibly rare. Um, but I've seen the the disc version. I've seen the Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S. You can walk in, purchase them. They got plenty in stock. 
this is three and a half years later. But when it comes to the casual person who isn't online, they're like, oh, I can buy it now. I couldn't buy it before. You know, I couldn't walk in the store and get it before. It's been unavailable, even though if you were on it, you could have pre-ordered one back when they first announced it. You could have bought one, you know, online if you were following Waro 64. But for a lot of people, they don't do that. So it being available in stores is something that's big. I mean, even the Nintendo Switch went through that. If you didn't pre-order it, you weren't getting one. That was almost impossible to find for the first near two years. You know, same thing with the Wii. I don't know if y'all remember that. That was near impossible to get for three years when that came out. You start readily seeing that available in like 2009 and, and, and so on. But it's a thing where people think that this Asus ROG is not a competitor to the Steam Deck because it isn't, it doesn't have the touchpads, it doesn't have this, and it being in storage doesn't matter. It does matter. That does matter. Being able to purchase, walk in the store and buy this matters. That makes it a competitor. I'm not talking about the tech specs and all that. I, I'm impressed by it. You know, 1080p screen, awesome. I love that. Switch has a 1080p, oh, well, 720p screen. Sorry, bad comparison. <laughs> but, like, it has a 1080p screen. You know, it can do 120 hertz. That's cool. I want that in the next Steam Deck. I don't want a 1440p or a 4K screen on the next Steam Deck. I want a 1080p screen. I want to be able to do 16 above frames per second. So it can do that. You know, it can be connected to an external GPU. That's awesome. You know, it runs Windows 11. Eh, I prefer Steam OS, but, you know, now I don't have to worry about is this going to be compatible with this or that game because everything is going to run on it. I can play Destiny 2 on the go. I can play... You know, the Halo games. I could I don't have to worry about anti-cheat not working with Steam OS. So th those are the upsides, right? And especially the external GPU and being able to really get like the maximum performance out of it, doubling it as a full-on workstation for productivity, work, uh school, you know, creativity stuff. That's awesome. But this cult of personality that has <clears throat> developed around the Steam Deck, where people are like, Steam Deck is the greatest thing ever. This is the same bullshit narrative that the Switch has. You have people that believe the Switch is the greatest thing ever, and they won't buy anything if it's not Switch, or the Switch is the only platform they have. And some have been so stupid enough to say that the Switch is the greatest Nintendo console ever. I'm sorry, the Super Nintendo exists. You're not telling me that the Switch is better than that. That if you say that the Switch is the greatest thing, you must be 20-something or you have not grown up in the 90s or the 16-bit era. You just, yeah, it's ridiculous. 
It's the second best <laughs> if we want to if we really want to go there. But you know, the, the Steam Deck has just developed this cult around it where people, you know, they compare it to Switch all the time, and they want to say that the Steam Deck is the greatest ever. Is this is that? And they want to crap on everything. Does not the Steam Deck, and it's annoying. I I absolutely hate it. So when I you know round this up to my point. When I was talking about the new device from Asus, the the ROG Ally, and how the negativity I was getting from people about that in, you know, Reddit forums, Facebook groups and such, you know, people saying, you know, another fucking topic about this. And I can understand people getting annoyed with it. But then why is it bringing up the ROG Ally triggers these steam deck folks it's the same thing with the switch folks where they got they felt threatened by the steam deck and now steam deck users are not all but many that i was interacting with were feeling threatened by the asus rog ally you know it was weird and then for me to get racial stuff calling me just another stupid in that's just trying to get, you know, the N-word, just trying to get clout off of doing a video on this product and just attacking me was ridiculous. And I've noticed this, and, and I'm not trying to get, you know, SDW or anything like that, but I've noticed that when someone who looks like me, you know, and I, I'm multi-ethnic, right? I'm I'm Samoan, I'm black, I'm Hawaiian, Dominican, I'm Native American, Creole. I'm also Japanese. My, one of my grandmother's Japanese, but you, you're not gonna like. I don't take on any of those dominant factors. But it's interesting when someone has the complexion of me, you know, brown or dark skin, and looks black. We get treated a certain way. I didn't see anyone going after Lions Tech Tips. I didn't see anyone going after Dave 2D. When these are the two that had the prototypes, I didn't see anyone attacking them, going through the comments attacking them, or going through the Reddit posts or anything like that attacking them. But I make it. And I'm the bad guy. I'm the stupid end. I'm this. I'm that. I don't understand that. I don't understand this cult of personality over a piece of plastic. A portable PC. I get it. You like the Steam Deck. Cool. It doesn't have... The Asus ROG doesn't have the touchpads. Okay, fine. But let's not discredit something because you feel threatened by it. Oh, there's going to be another product to come and go. Maybe it will. I don't know. I do not know. I don't know if Asus is going to, like, support it for a long term. I don't know. I don't know what the price is. Other thing, people writing it off. Oh, it's going to be $1,000. Like, this is just saying with absolute certainty. Do you know? I don't know. I don't like to assume things I don't know. 
They said they're going to price it competitively. I stated it. And that was the other thing. I had people coming to my video, people, you know, in the Reddit threads, the Facebook group threads, basically saying like, you know, oh, you don't bring up this point. You don't, I, I brought up these points in the video. If they want to be competitive, they need to price this thing either at $4.99, $5.99, or at the most $8.50 or $8.99. It doesn't need to be above a thousand because at that point, you're no different than, you know, AOK Zoe or, or, you know, any of these other products that are out here that are on Kickstarter or whatever that will absolutely have no, no market growth in this field. I and Neo and all of them. I brought up those points. I brought up the point that it will not be. Three ninety nine, because they know. I mean, if you watch Dave Two D's video, he talked to him. They already told him that they're not making money off the software the way Valve is with the Steam Deck. That it's gonna be hardware, so they have to price it above the Steam Deck, the baseline one. I brought that up, but you know, people. Just this knee-jerk reaction, this defensiveness, this cult of personality around the I absolutely hate it. I hate fanboyism. And I hate that that's become the thing with the Steam Deck. Is Steam Deck, or, you know, if it's not Steam Deck, it's trash. You know, it's the same thing with Switch idiots. If it's not the Switch, it's trash. The same thing with people that are like, oh, Xbox got no games. You know, PlayStation is the best thing ever. I hate this obsession with these pieces of plastic and this loyalty to companies that don't give two flying fucks about you. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And to attack me with racial slurs and epithets about trying to clout chase when I'm just doing a podcast, I'm just covering this because this is within the niche section area, whatever universe that I'm in. And because I look a certain way, I'm clout chasing. I I hate that. I don't appreciate that. I had one person say, oh, you need to get, this is the internet. That's like, you, know, you need to get your nuts off the floor. And it's just like being surprised the water is wet. It, it has nothing to do with that. It just, it's ridiculous. And, and I deal with a lot of negative comments on Content I put out, you know, videos, even podcasts, I deal with that. That if I was white or even Asian, I wouldn't get. And it's interesting, I am Asian. But, you know, if I looked it, I wouldn't get. So it, it's just, it's interesting. It's very interesting. And I don't normally like addressing it. But I just felt like I needed to talk about it. I'm very tired of it. You know, it's a lot of things I've had to deal with on this creator journey that I just don't enjoy. And I don't enjoy dealing with people that act that way because it's completely unnecessary. But, um, yeah, this cult of personality around the Steam Deck is ridiculous. You know, saying that this device is not a competitor because it doesn't have this or because you don't like Asus. Is ridiculous. It being in, you know, available in stores makes that competition. 
That makes it readily available for the pu- public to be able to walk in the store and buy it. That is a factor. Is it going to outsell the Steam Deck? Probably not. Is it going to have the support that the Steam Deck has? Probably not. More than likely not. But I'm not going to discount a device that has things in it that the next Steam Deck could benefit from. I'm just saying. But anyways, um, that's about all I have. And I apologize if this last part was a little ranty. But I, I just wanted to talk about that. It's just one of the things that I, I'm becoming very frustrated with in this creator sphere. Um, it, it is something that some days it just makes me wake up and I'm like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this because I don't have to deal with it. I'm, I'm really at a point where I don't like dealing with people whatsoever. I don't like responding to comments. I don't like interacting with people, you know, and, and then I have to deal with stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah, this is another reason why I don't like dealing with it. It is what it is. Um, and God help you. If you look like me and he's like, Hey, you know, I got, Patreon, I got channel memberships. How, that? How dare you? You're selling out. How dare you ask for people to support your work? But you'll support someone else who doesn't look like you. Anyways, that's a whole nother topic. Alrighty. Got that out of my system. PC ports of games need to be better. PlayStation needs to do better. All publishers need to do better. And (laughs) Steam verification needs to be better. It needs to not be the joke that it is. And then outside of that, cult of personality around pieces of plastic needs to stop. All that being said, I want y'all let me know what you think. If you're watching this in video format, Let me know what you think in the comment section down below. If you are listening to this podcast, then leave a rating, leave a review. I implore you to rate this. If you're watching, if you're listening to it on any podcasting outlet, please leave a rating. Please leave some review. It can be a sentence. It can be a word. It helps with the algorithm. Because these algorithms keep changing and we creators are getting screwed constantly. Please, please, I implore you to, to help us creators. Not just me, but other creators out there too. Uh, because if you're not the mainstream, clickbait, popular creator or podcaster, you don't get pushed. And if you watch or listen to my show or you watch or listen to other people's shows or videos, share it. It doesn't like it doesn't go unnoticed. That's not impossible. It's like it's easier to to hit a like button, leave a comment or share it than giving money. I mean, money helps. Look, I got (laughs) I got a toddler. You know, I do this full time and that that pays for this condo I'm in. It it pays for food on the table. 
keeping lights on the car and, and diapers and stuff for my kid. So I'm not going to say like, don't uh, you feel it on your heart to support financially. That helps. It goes a long way, but you know, if you can't or don't want to do that, then commenting, rating, liking, sharing, that goes a long way too. So I say all that to wrap all this up with, if you do want to support, do the, do all that. If you want to financially support, we do have Patreon. We got channel memberships on YouTube. We got, you know, subscribe star, got coffee. We got uh, super thanks on YouTube. We got sponsorships and, and uh, fan support on Spotify. <laughs> we got cash app. We got all that. If you feel like you want to financially support, those are the options. Um, make sure you follow me on all the social media platforms. It's Mikhail Casanova across the board, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, you know, I'm really pushing to grow across all platforms, definitely on Twitch. So I, I stream on weekends. So twitch.com or twitch.tv slash Mikhail Casanova. I'm also on kick and also trying to grow TikTok as well. Cause I think there's a, you know, uh, an opportunity there. And I'm trying to get on that too. So all that being said, I catch y'all in the next one. Stay safe. Be blessed. Screw fanboyism. Have fun with whatever platform you decide to play on. And I will catch y'all in the next podcast episode. Peace.